Hello, everybody. Welcome to Fake Ritual. I'm Lucas Sloppy, and on today's show, we're in for a special little spooky treat. Uh, I pulled out from my personal library scary stories to tell in the dark. For my millennial listeners, I'm sure you remember this series fondly. It was, at least at in my elementary school, a very hard book to come by. There were three of them, and this treasury here has all three uh, scary stories to tell in the dark. The second one, more scary stories to tell in the dark. And the third book, Scary Stories 3, More Tales to Chill Your Bones. Uh, This series was, as it says here on the cover, collected from folklore and retold by author Alvin Schwartz. And then it also featured illustrations by Stephen Gamel, Gamel, I'm not sure how to pronounce that, but if you're familiar with the series, you are definitely familiar with the illustrations because they were absolutely horrifying. Uh, Just looking at the cover here, it's a woman with eyeless sockets. It seems to have been uh, created with... I'm guessing pencil and ink. It's very smudgy. It has this sort of nightmare quality to it. Uh, rather haunting, I would say. And yeah, this this is definitely a book and a book series that, that informed my uh, current tastes. And still to this day, I think about a lot, especially the illustrations. So what I'm going to do here is uh, forego the illustrations because this is an audio medium. I hope you were aware of that or else uh, your brain is in trouble. But what I'm going to do here is read one story from each of the books and do my best to do my best and tell it as well as I can and, you know, kind of start the spooky season off right. Uh, Now, before I start these stories, worth noting, I know if you're a regular listener, you're probably wondering what is with the sporadic releases, where are the real episodes, where are the big episodes, they will be coming. I have... Uh, some pre-recorded material that I'm still trying to get to. Just been a busy month, so thank you for bearing with me. But October is always inspiring, so I'm very much looking forward to bringing you more of this fake world of mine. And, uh, yeah, just having fun. But anyways, without any further ado... Let us get to the first story. This is from the first book in the series, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, and this story is called The Thing. Ted Martin and Sam Miller were good friends. They spent a lot of time together. 
On this particular night, they were sitting on a fence near the post office, talking about one thing and another. There was a field of turnips across the road. Suddenly, they saw something crawl out of the field and stand up. It looked like a man, but in the dark, it was hard to tell for sure. Then it was gone. But soon it appeared again. It walked halfway across the road, then it turned around and went back into the field. Then it came out a third time and started toward them. By now, Ted and Sam were scared and they started running. But when they finally stopped, they decided they were being foolish. Who hasn't been there, right? They weren't sure what had scared them, so they decided to go back and get a better look. Pretty soon they saw it, for it was coming to meet them. It was wearing black pants, a white shirt, and black suspenders. Oh no, it's 2000's Green Day! No, I know, they wore, uh, red (laughs) red ties? I don't know, sorry. Sam said, I'm going to try to touch it. Then we'll know if it's real. He walked up to it and peered into its face. It had bright, penetrating eyes sunk deep in its head. It looked like a skeleton. Ted took one look and screamed. And again, he and Sam ran. But this time, the skeleton followed them. When they got to Ted's house, they stood in the doorway and watched it. It stayed out in the road for a while, then it disappeared. Cut to a year later, Ted got sick and died. Toward the end, Sam sat up with him every night. The night Ted died, Sam said he looked just like the skeleton. Ooh... Pretty creepy stuff, right? Uh, This stuff reminds me a lot of kind of modern-day creepypasta, as they would call it, sort of internet tales that get passed around. They It doesn't necessarily follow, like, this perfect narrative, and it might jump around a little bit, but there's this core of fright and strangeness. Uh, This one, you know, really dealing with uh, kind of kept somehow catching a glimpse of your own mortality. And, uh, I don't know, just like, just creepy things in fields. I don't know, there's always something to shadows and, and you know, featureless forms. And, I don't know, this one definitely ekes me out. And, uh, you know, beware of 2000's Green Day, I guess, is the moral of that story. Next, I will be reading from more scary stories to tell in the dark, and this story is titled The Window. Margaret and her brothers, Paul and David, shared a small house on top of a hill just outside of the village. It was so warm one summer's night that Margaret could not sleep, been there. She sat up in bed in the darkness of her room, watching the moon move across the sky. Suddenly, something caught her eye. She saw two small, yellow-green lights moving through the woods near the graveyard at the bottom of the hill. They looked like the eyes of some animal, but she could not make out what kind of a creature it was. 
Soon, the creature left the woods and moved up the hill toward the house. For a few minutes, Margaret lost sight of it. Then she saw it coming across the lawn toward her window. It looked something like a man, and yet it didn't. Oh, very similar to that last story, huh? Margaret was terrified. She wanted to run from her room, but the door was next to her window. She was afraid the creature would see her and break in before she could escape. When the creature turned and moved in another direction, Margaret rushed to the door. But before she could open the door, it was back. Margaret found herself staring through the window at a shrunken face like that of a mummy. Its yellow-green eyes gleamed like a cat's eyes. (laughs) She wanted to scream, but she was so frightened that she could not make a sound. I've thankfully never been that frightened. I am never without words. The creature broke the window glass, unlocked the window, and crawled inside. Holy fuck. This is some the ring shit. Margaret tried to flee, but the creature caught her. It twisted its long, bony fingers into her hair, pulled back her head, and sank its teeth into her throat. Margaret screamed and fainted. When her brothers heard her piercing scream, they rushed to her room. But by the time they got the door unlocked, the creature had fled. Margaret lay on the floor, bleeding and unconscious. While Paul tried to stop the bleeding, David chased the creature down the hill toward the graveyard. But soon he lost sight of it. The police thought it was the work of an escaped lunatic who believed he was a vampire. Very uh, Richard Chase for any true crime fans out there. When Margaret recovered, her brothers wanted to move to a safer place where it would be harder to break in. But Margaret refused. The creature would never come back. She was sure of that. (laughs) But just in case, Paul and David began to keep loaded pistols in their room. One night, months later, Margaret was awakened by a scratching sound at the window. When she opened her eyes, there was the same shrunken face staring in at her. That night, her brothers heard her cries in time. They chased the creature down the hill, and David shot it in the leg but the creature managed to scramble over the graveyard wall and disappeared near an old burial vault. The next day, Margaret and her brothers watched as the sexton of the church opened the burial vault. A sexton is sort of a church groundskeeper, especially with regards to the graveyard. Uh, Inside was a horrifying scene. Broken coffins, bones, and rotting flesh were scattered all over the floor. Remember, this is a kid's book. Uh, yeah, I'm, I might have failed to mention that up top. This is a kid's series. Yes. Only one coffin had not been disturbed. When the sexton opened it, there lay the creature with the shrunken face that had attacked Margaret. The telltale bullet was in its leg. They did the only thing they knew of to rid themselves of a vampire. The sexton built a roaring blaze outside the vault and fed the shrunken body to the flames. They watched the body burn until nothing remained but ashes. What was it? Was it a lunatic or an actual vampire? I mean, I guess if Margaret isn't, uh, isn't, doesn't turn into a vampire, it's just a lunatic, but... Guess who knows? Again, it the the whole story just kind of has this uncanny nature to it, you know, uh sort of 
gets you to ask yourself, what the fuck is going on here? But this makes me think of something I was always terrified of as a kid. Just the notion of looking out my bedroom window at night and seeing some sort of creature, you know, skittering across the way. Even the notion now still just kind of gives me the creeps. Uh, But on to our third and final story. This is from the third book, Scary Stories 3, More Tales to Chill Your Bones. And this story is called Such Things Happen. When Bill Nelson's cow stopped giving milk, he called the veterinarian. There's nothing wrong with that cow, the vet said. She's just stubborn. That or some witch got hold of her. Bill and the vet both laughed. (laughs) That old hag Addie Fitch. I guess she's the closest thing we got to a witch around here, the vet said. But the witches have gone... But witches have gone out of style, haven't they? Bill had had a run-in with Addie Fitch the month before. He had hit her cat with his car and killed it. I'm really sorry, Addie Fitch, he told her. I'll get you a new cat, just as pretty, just as good. This Bill dude sounds like a fucking dickhead. Her eyes filled with hate. I raised that cat from a kitten, she hissed. I loved her. You'll be sorry for this, Bill Nelson. Good. Bill sent her a new cat and heard nothing more. Then his cow stopped giving milk. Next, his old truck broke down. After that, his wife fell and broke her arm. We're having a lot of bad luck, he thought. Then he thought, maybe it is Addie Fitch getting even. And then, hey, you don't believe in witches. You're just upset. But Bill's grandpa believed in witches. He had once told Bill that there was only one sure way to stop a witch from causing trouble. You find a black walnut tree, he said, and you draw her picture on it. Then you mark an X where her heart is, and you drive a nail into the X. Every day you drive it in a little deeper. If she's causing the trouble, he said, she'll feel pain. Oh, sorry, Grandpa voice. If if she's causing the trouble, he said, she'll feel pain. When she can't stand it anymore, she'll come to you or send somebody and try to borrow something. If you give her what she wants, that breaks the power of the nail and she'll go on tormenting you. But if you don't, she'll have to stop, or the pain will kill her. That's what his nice, gentle, old grandpa believed. It's pure craziness, Bill thought. Of course, his grandpa didn't have much schooling. Bill had been to college. He knew better. Oh, God, Bill, shut the fuck up with your college degree. Then Bill's dog, Joe, a perfectly healthy dog, dropped dead, just like that. It made Bill angry. Despite all his schooling, he thought, maybe it is Addie Fitch after all. He got a red crayon from his son's room and a hammer and a nail and went into the woods. He found a black walnut tree and drew a picture of Addie Fitch on it. He made an X where her heart was, like his grandpa had said to do. With the hammer, he drove the nail a little way into the X. Then he went home. I feel like a fool, he told his wife. You should, she said. The next day, a boy named Timmy Logan came by. Addie Fitch isn't feeling well, he said. She wonders if she could borrow some sugar from you. Bill Nelson stared at Timmy in amazement. He took a deep breath. 
Tell her I'm sorry, but I don't have any sugar right now, he said. When Timmy Logan left, Bill went back to the walnut tree and drove that nail in another inch. The next day, the boy came back. Addie Fitch is pretty sick, he said. She's wondering if you've got any sugar yet. Tell her I'm sorry, Bill Nelson said, but I still don't have any. Bill went out into the woods and drove the nail in another inch. Jeez, what a fucking sicko. It's working and you keep doing it? The following day, the boy was back. Addie Fitch is getting sicker, he said. She really needs some sugar. Is that good when you're sick? Tell her I don't have any, Bill answered. Bill's wife was angry. You've got to stop this, she said. If this mumbo jumbo works, it's like murder. I'll stop when she does, he said. Oh my God, what a petulant child. Toward dusk, he stood in the yard, staring at the ridge where the old lady lived, wondering what was going on up there. Then, in the half-darkness, he saw Addie Fitch coming slowly down the hill toward him. With her pinched, bony face and her old black coat, she did look like a witch. And she, as she got closer, Bill saw that she could barely walk. Maybe I'm really hurting her, he thought. Yeah. He ran to get his hammer to pull out the nail, but before he could leave, Addie Fitch was in the yard, her face twisted with rage. First you killed my cat, she said. Then you wouldn't give me a bit of sugar when I needed it. She swore at him and fell dead at his feet. I'm not surprised that she dropped dead that way, the doctor said later. She was very old, maybe 90. It was her heart, of course. Some people thought she was a witch, Bill said. I've heard that, the doctor said. Somebody I know thought Addie Fitch had witched him, Bill went on. He drew a picture of her on a tree, then drove a nail in it to make her stop. That's an old superstition, the doctor said. But people like us don't believe in that sort of thing, do we? Well, Bill Nelson's a, Bill Nelson's a dickhead, and Addie Fitch is dead. But yeah, it kind of goes to show you that, uh, you know, college education won't keep you from... Uh, dangerous superstitious thinking i guess uh but what do i know uh anyways that's our show i hope you enjoyed those stories and uh yeah i hope that was fun for you as much as it was for me but yeah be sure to follow us on instagram at fake ritual and you know hop on wherever you listen to your podcast to rate review and subscribe uh that really helps us out and, uh, you know, look forward to next week where hopefully I will be getting out a full episode uh, featuring some other Pittsburgh podcasters. Anyway, this is Lucas Sloppy signing off. And remember, fakers, your college degree ain't shit. <laughs>